Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 64, People Shock, The Path to Profits When Customers Rule. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. As always, it's just a pleasure to be with you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of success. So Pam, what are we focusing on today? How people, and especially customers, are dramatically changing the game of business in an increasingly digital environment. Okay. You know, we've been talking about this since we launched Growth Igniters Radio over the past year with our friend Jim Blasingame, author of The Age of the Customer. And what's become clear to me, to us, is that to some extent, every industry and company will need to adapt their business models to become at least partially, if not totally, a digital business in order to keep up with new customer needs and expectations. Well, yeah, that's right. I think about all the ways that people and digital already combine with business. We've got Uber, Airbnb, yes. healthcare. I get emails and uh, text messages from the dentist. Uh, even digital hair salons. And cleaners. That's right. And cleaners. So what this means is that to be truly responsive to customer needs, we need a deep understanding of how customers experience and react to us digitally and the implications that this has for every aspect of our business. Yeah. And that's why we're delighted to be speaking today with Tema Frank, Chief Instigator at Frank Reactions. Tema is a customer experience, digital marketing, and usability testing pioneer who put up her first website in 1995. She founded the world's first omni-channel customer service testing firm, Web Mystery Shoppers, in 2001. Tema's also a best-selling author and will be releasing her second book, People Shock, The Path to Profits When Customers Rule, in May of 2016, just next month. Tema's clients have included Bank of America, Progressive Insurance, and other financial travel, retail, and nonprofit organizations. She also shares her knowledge at universities in Canada and France, and through her own weekly podcast, Frank Reactions. Tema, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you. And now the shoe's on the other foot. You're <laughs> yeah, our guest. it's kind of fun, actually. It is. It is. So let's get started. Uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what inspired you to write your book? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. So it really goes back probably quite a long time. My first career was in banking, and I saw these huge disconnects between what was going on in the back office and management and what was going on on the front lines. And it got me thinking about customer experience and why is it so hard to deliver good customer experience consistently. So an example from that era was uh, we were working in a French language bank that was trying to move into the English part of the country. And in head office, they ran out of some English language brochures and they thought, well, that's okay, we'll just send them French ones. Oh, well, no. at the time, there was a lot of pressure about separatism 
it just set people on fire. They were so angry. And so that got me thinking a lot about, okay, how do we improve understanding of the people both inside and outside our organization? And then a few years later, I wrote Canada's Best Employers for Women, which got me looking at the human resources side and how do you increase employee engagement? And, you know, the, the short version of that book is basically the best employers for women were great for men, too, because mm -hmm. they really care about their people. And then, as you, you mentioned, that I had set up Web Mystery Shoppers. And, <clears throat> and so there I was doing this sort of omni-channel customer experience testing. So were companies being consistent in what they were doing online and what they were doing in their stores and how their call center staff were behaving? And the answer was often they aren't. And then the final bit of the picture was I started reading and learning a lot more about automation and robots and, and thinking about where are the lines? What roles are left for humans in business? And realizing that ultimately, the human factor is what can set you apart. Definitely. Absolutely. And uh, we read about that in uh, A Whole New Mind by Dan Pink and mm -hmm. a few other books. But you have this very provocative title, People Shock. <laughs> I, oh, I love that word, People Shock. So what is People Shock and, and why, why is it emerging? Sure. So People Shock is how people are changing the world of business and how customer expectations, thanks to what I call the Amazon effect, are, are going up. I mean, Amazon mm -hmm. has set a standard that is very, very difficult to match, let alone beat. And so it's becoming really hard for companies to cope. And yet, at the same time, the people function is, if they get that right, really the ultimate way they can compete. So right now, what what has changed? Well, thanks to the internet, competition is now global for most businesses. True. You can no longer compete on price, not for very long, or you'll go bankrupt because there will always be some offshore manufacturer who can do it more cheaply than you can. Right. Mm -hmm. Innovation is great, but you can't rely on it. Ideas don't just come out at regular intervals, right? So you've got to be investing and thinking about innovation, but you can't count on that as your sole source of competitive advantage. So ultimately, customer experience, creating outstanding customer experiences all the time, is the only sustainable competitive advantage that's left. That's true. And of course, the bar is moving. Yeah. And almost imperceptibly, as you're saying. So what are some of the less obvious changes that can affect our customers' experience of our companies? Well, there are a lot of less obvious changes that, may, well, they're probably obvious to your, in some ways, to your customers, but not necessarily to you. And I think a lot of times businesses think everything's going fine and then but they and they wait too long to make the necessary changes so there are some that are really obvious i mean obviously if you're getting more complaints if the numbers of calls or emails or live chats are increasing with complaints you know mm -hmm. you've got something going wrong if mm -hmm. returns or requests for refunds are increasing you know you've got something going wrong yes if yes if sales have flatlined or they're going down, it may be just largely that you're in an economy that's in trouble, but it may also be an indication that you're no longer quite connecting with the people you need to connect with. You're not delivering quite what they want. Yes, I, I would definitely agree with that. In fact, it's interesting that you raise it this way. 
I had actually put some of those things into my first book, uh, Preventing Strategic Gridlock. Uh And strategic gridlock was that point at which so many things are creeping up that everything screeches to a halt. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about it being digital and it goes a lot faster too, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. So there's very little time, which sort of brings me to some of the other indicators that there may be problems. And one of those, of course, is if people have started really complaining about you on social media. And a lot yeah. of companies just have their heads buried in the sand. They're not That's looking. True. They're not looking at what's being said on social media. And we're going to talk about that a bit more. We're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Tema Frank, author of People Shock, about People Shock and how to handle it. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of growth and success. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 64, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Tema Frank, author of People Shock, about how we can deal with People Shock. And we were starting to get into some stories about how customers are really impacting us in some not so easy to detect ways. Watch out for social media. That's right. But before we get into that conversation, Tema, how can people find out more about you and your book? Well, they can find out more about me by going to frankreactions.com and uh, a lot of information there about me. Also, you can link to my podcast there if you're not listening on iTunes or some other podcast listener. And the book itself, you can find out more by going to peopleshock.com. And actually, if people go there, they can download a free copy of the introduction and first chapter of the book. And they can get on the People Shock Insiders list where I'll be sending out other materials to people who are interested even before the book comes out. That sounds great. And of course, uh, also, you can go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 64, scroll down to resources, and you'll get a link over there, too. So let's get back to that discussion we were starting to have about some of the mistakes maybe that companies make regarding customer experience. Right. So I I would say that one of the biggest, really the biggest mistake that companies make is just not listening, not listening to their customers, not listening to their frontline staff. So they just assume everything's fine. And the fact is, if you don't understand how the people outside and inside your organization are feeling, there's no way you're going to be able to continue to deliver the products and services that they want with the right experience. Well, that's true. But if you're getting feedback about whatever it is, and it's coming to you, and it's very, very real, are are you saying people are just not paying any attention to it? It's coming in, they're ignoring it? Well, I think in a lot of organizations, it comes into the front lines and then never goes anywhere. So Mm -hmm. the person who's 
at the store counter or on reception gets angry customers, but she or he has nobody internally who really asks them what's happening or encourages them to volunteer that information. Hmm. So it's uh, a number of things that might be driving that. One could be, uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Wiz, don't nobody tell me no bad news. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or it could be that people are disincented in, in other ways. And I think often, especially with small businesses, people are just so busy all the time. That's that another not, thing, yeah. They're not taking the time to step back and say, ooh, what really is going on and what has changed? That's true. Yeah. And also you get into the silos in some of the larger companies. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's not my job. You know, I may hear about a problem in another area, customers saying something, but that's not my area, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, right. so there's no ill intention here. But uh, it just sort of accumulates and snowballs. And as, as Pam says, you know, people get really jammed up. And that brings us back to this whole issue of social media. Companies know that social media is very important. And a lot of them are out there. They're, they're tweeting. They're doing various things. But it can be a double-edged sword, can't it? What's yeah. the best way to become aware of and, and deal with uh, social media, especially negative social media? Because you mentioned that some companies aren't aware of it. Right. So I would say the best thing is, first of all, just learn about social media. What is it? How does it work? Not just Facebook, but Twitter and some of the other big platforms. So just start monitoring what's going on there. What are people saying? How does it work? And really, the best thing you can do to prevent social media disasters is be proactive. Start joining the conversation. Start showing your company's human side on social media before problems arise. And if you do that, then ultimately, if there is a problem, you'll have a bunch of loyalists who will come to your defense. Um, I, I think of a perfect example of that when I was starting Web Mystery Shoppers and the nature of that kind of work, because I wanted to match the mystery shoppers to the client's target market, I always had to have more people in the database than I had jobs for at any given time. And there are a lot of scams in the mystery shopping business. Mm -hmm. So when people weren't hearing from me with jobs, they would naturally assume that this was a, another scam. And because my team and I had been active on forums where mystery shoppers chat right from the get-go, it meant that anytime anybody said, oh, I think this is just a scam because they haven't offered me a job, I'd have a bunch of people on there jumping in saying, no way, it's not, it's real. And they're great and they've got good ethics. So being proactive and building those relationships early is very, very helpful. Oh, absolutely. Of course, we want to get really good quality customer feedback. That's the only way we can improve products and services. Of course, it's a little bit challenging sometimes. <laughs> what would you suggest for getting more and more actionable customer feedback? You know, certainly relationships are important. What else? Well, first of all, don't punish your staff if they tell customers or if customers are asked to do a survey afterwards, don't punish your staff if they don't get perfect marks. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see. And so what ends up happening is you've got the staff members pleading with you to give them a 10 so they don't get punished. Oh. That totally destroys the value because it's no longer honest feedback. But honestly, I would say do a customer safari, which means get out there, observe customers in their natural state, in the wild, see what they're doing, see how they're behaving, talk to them, talk to your frontline staff, and then start tracking what's going on and, and analyze it regularly. Look for trends. 
because you will ultimately be able to find them, but you know, once you've got enough volume. And of course, use social media to your benefit. Watch the conversation, not just about your brand, but what are people saying about your competitors, about your type of product or service? Find out what sorts of issues people have, because that feedback will really help you with your product development and with the type of service that you offer. You know, that's true. All feedback is good feedback, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, it can be painful when it's really negative and unfair. Good, but, but good in the, in the productive sense, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if you're not getting it, you can't react to it. Absolutely. And you, you make a very good point in your book that um, one of the ways to deal with feedback and to get better feedback is to have processes in place that help people react to customers and deal with customers in a way that creates a consistent quality experience. And coming from uh, an R&D background, I'm a big process guy. (laughs) I really believe in it. And one of the issues, though, that people have with process is sometimes they say it's it's handcuffs, it's bureaucracy, it, it constrains us. So how can you create processes that add value without being too constraining? That's a great question. And the reality is, good processes should be freeing, they shouldn't be constraining. So you need to balance process with empowerment and with training that will make staff feel comfortable exercising their judgment. Because really, process is about making sure that the things need to happen in the background, take place well, take place efficiently. But there are always going to be things that will go wrong or that weren't foreseen. And that's where you need the guidance of, you know, if we go back to what I call the three P's of Mm -hmm. promise, people, and process, well, the promise is what outlines your values. And if you've got that down and your people know it and understand it, they can use those values as guidance when they have to make a judgment call. Right. They have to to internalize it. Right. And, And have to have been given the comfort of knowing that, even if they make a judgment call that turns out to have been wrong, they're not going to have their head chopped off. So it's about training. It's about making sure they really understand the values and also then encouraging and empowering them to recommend changes to process so that that issue doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Tema Frank, author of People Shock, about actionable ideas for minimizing it. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Pam, some of our listeners have told us that they want to review our podcast series on iTunes, but they aren't quite sure how to do it. It's a little complicated. Oh, no. Yeah, well, we appreciate your feedback, and we want everybody who listens to raise our profile by spreading the word through iTunes reviews so more people can find us. So that's why I've created a short tutorial video which removes the mystery from the process. So go to growthignitersradio.com, look over at the sidebar at the right of the page, and you'll see a headline, Subscribe to Growth Igniters Radio. Click on the blue button under that that says How to Review Growth Igniters Radio in iTunes. That will open a page where you can play the video, which spells out everything you need to know about reviewing our podcast in just 84 seconds. Problem solved. (laughs) Problem solved. Thanks again for helping us spread the word about Growth Igniters Radio.
Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Tema Frank, author of People Shock, about how companies can really make the most out of customer feedback and for customers to get the best experience from their companies that they're working with. Tema, how can people find out more about you and your new book? Well, they can find out about the book by going to peopleshock.com and there they'll be able to download the beginning of it and sign up to be on the early notification list so they'll know exactly when it's coming out. And they'll also get some extra bonuses and and an invitation to the launch party should they happen to be in Edmonton, Alberta at the time, Um, which I realize a lot of them probably won't be. But, you know, great. Virtually. We'll all be there virtually. Hey, no, there's a thought. I should set up a virtual link. A virtual launch party. We've got it. I like that. I like that. There (laughs) you go. Always value here. So, and of course, you can uh, access links to uh, Tema's new book and everything else by visiting Growth Igniter's radio.com episode 64. So let's get back to our conversation. This is the part of Growth Igniters Radio where we like to talk about the immediately actionable advice that we as listeners can begin to do something about immediately. We're all juiced up to do something differently. What would be the first thing that somebody could immediately do? Well, let me put it in terms of the three P's, the promise, people, and process. So from the perspective of the promise, first thing you should do is really think through what are you doing with your business and why are you doing it? Because I think often people slip into patterns and they haven't reassessed. So are you even happy with what you're doing? Because if you're not, it's probably time for a change. Now, that doesn't mean toss out your business and do something radically different. It might mean that, but probably doesn't. But it may mean it's time to take a closer look at how you're doing things. Pull your staff together. If it's a small business, get everyone involved. If it's larger, you might have to do some some meetings with subgroups, but make sure you've got people from every department in every meeting. And find out if they share your vision for the company. Do they even know what that is? And if they don't, get them involved in, in rethinking it and developing something that everybody can really care about. So, you know, it's easy to imagine that you're creating widgets or whatever, and how can that inspire people? But really, any business can come up with a mission that will inspire people. And I think of one company that I interviewed called Jancoa Janitorial Services. And, you know, as as the co-owner said to me, nobody grows up wanting to be a janitor. Mm. (laughs) So how do you make that inspirational? Well, what they discovered was that the people who were working in these jobs were typically from backgrounds where they they were leading pretty sad lives and they didn't have hope even for a better future. They weren't thinking about it. It was just a grind to go from day to day. And they decided that their mission at this company was really to give people the opportunity to pursue dreams and to even have dreams and ultimately to graduate people so they were no longer working as janitors. And, you know, the irony, of course, is that by doing that and by refocusing on their people in that way, they ended up with their turnover rates dropping dramatically. So Hmm. even though ultimately people would move on, well, that was going to happen anyway. Meanwhile, you get them for longer and the best of them. Well, I I have a question, though. Yeah. So how did this connect with the customer experience that uh, people were having 
of this service? That is an excellent question. And the answer is, if you've got happy, motivated staff, they give better service. So these people are janitors. Well, if they are, well, one of the things, for instance, the company realized is that a lot of them had trouble even getting to work. So they were showing up late because they were relying on public transit that didn't run reliably. And so they set up a company shuttle to help people get to and from work. Mm -hmm. So it meant that people weren't already exhausted and stressed when they got there. And because the people felt that the company cared about them, they cared about the company and its customers. So the quality of workmanship really went up. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just about what can I do? What's the minimum I can do to get through this shift? It was, I want to do a really good job here because I want my company to be one that I can be proud of. Okay, so that's really living up to the promise. Totally. And and uh, Simon Sinek calls it the why of, of yeah. the company. What's the second P? Okay, so the second P is the people. Okay. And I, I've sort of talked a little bit about getting your people internally involved yeah. in what the promise, promise is, but also talk to your staff about what would make the workplace better for them. And then go talk to your customers about what they think would make your offering better and get really specific with them. Find out what exactly could you offer that it would make it better? What is it that's frustrating them about how they currently do things? Even it may not be something that you currently offer, it may be tangential, but find out what are what are their frustrations and figure out ways that you can serve them better and give them a better experience. So You know, it's yeah. it's interesting that sometimes customers don't really know. I yeah. mean, if you think about it, uh, wasn't it BlackBerry that mm-hmm. started out and nobody said, I wish I had a portable phone that I could yeah. do email work, you know, on, get yeah. my email on. How do you get that information, that insight from them when they don't even know themselves? Well, I think there are a couple of things. One is it does come back to the customer safari. So watching how people Mm -hmm. behave in in the wilds will give you some insights about what their frustrations are. And also just the conversations about what their frustrations are. So yet we might not have realized that we wanted a telephone we could be doing our email on. But by talking to people, you may have discovered that, gee, people are trying to be at their kid's soccer game at the same time as Mm -hmm. keeping in touch with their boss. And they can't really be talking on the phone because people are cheering and it's really noisy. What's some other way we could help them do that? Yeah, you know, you've got to be a bit of a marketing anthropologist and sort absolutely, of, and go out there and and it's it's fascinating what you find. Yep. And uh, the last P, I remember this one. It's process. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah. <laughs> so the process again. Then pull your staff together again and do what if we want to get really simple and, and a good starting place is to do what some people call a stop start continue meeting. So. Talk to your staff about, okay, let's take a look at all the things we're doing in our department or in one particular topic area. What are things that we aren't doing and we should be doing? So that's the start. Mm -hmm. What are things we are doing that really don't add any value or may even be negative? Those are the stop. And what are the things that we should continue doing that we're doing pretty well? And doing that process can actually help you come up with a lot of new ideas that can improve your processes. Absolutely. It, it sparks a lot of important conversations mm-hmm. that really need to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been great. Tema, do you have any final thoughts about PeopleShock that uh, you'd like to leave us with? 
Yeah, I do, actually. I, I think that growing a business is a lot like raising a family. And maybe I just come at it that way because I'm a mom. But, you know, ultimately, in either case, it's all about the humans involved. And mm-hmm. you do need to get those three P's right. So the promise, well, when it comes to your family, it's probably raising happy, healthy kids and producing productive human beings. And so that would be the family equivalent. The people side well, as with a business, you've got to concern yourself with the people both inside your family and outside because sure. they're having a big influence on what goes on in your family. And the process, you've got to keep checking to see if what you're doing is still valid and you've got to keep fine-tuning. So like a family, a growing business can be fun, but it can also be frustrating. It can be exhausting. It can be exhilarating. But if you get the three Ps right... I can assure you, you will sleep better at night. Enormously rewarding. All good thoughts. Tema, thank you again for being our guest today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure as well, Tema. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 64. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. What is one thing that we will start to do today to learn about how our customers experience us so we can become more responsive to them in return. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.